the good news is that Putin is not as mad as Biden. And mad, I mean crazy. Putin is a very serious uh, nationalist who's committed to doing everything he can to protect and defend his nation. I mean, you, you mentioned child trafficking. Here's one of the big ironies. Putin was indicted by the International Criminal Court for protecting Ukrainian children from the Donbass, moving them out of a war zone to orphanages and protection in Russia, 1,400 to 1,600 children. For that, he's called a kidnapper. Meanwhile, how many young Ukrainian boys and girls have been sold into sex slave uh, systems? Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. That, of course, was my good friend Harley Schlanger. And on the back of my interview with Todd Callender about the smoking gun evidence of treason within the Biden administration, where there is not a single properly executed oath of office in the entire Biden administration, we bring you this important update. Thank you so very much for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Noble Gold Investments have made it their mission to stay on top of the most important economic news. Now, there were three bank runs in the last month. These are the second and third largest bank runs in U.S. history. The government is claiming to be taking steps to guarantee all deposits. But the bottom line is this, more money printing. The Fed is sitting on unrealized losses of $1.2 trillion on their $8.3 trillion bond portfolio. And it looks like the Fed may continue to raise interest rates, even if that means tanking the economy. These are frightening times. But do you know who are the ones who are not afraid? The people that have invested in gold with Noble Gold Investments. Now remember, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee of any kind. So do your own due diligence. But I myself own precious metals. Gold is the most stable asset outside of any government control. And if you like silver, that's an option too. Thousands have approached Noble Gold Investments to get their hands on gold. Hurry and go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth now. And if you qualify, you can bag a free 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin with each gold or silver IRA. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning in. It's Sean from sgtreport.com, thephaser.com, and thelibertymill.com with a very, very important interview. I'm so glad to have back on the line Harley Schlanger, one of our favorite guests. Harley, welcome back. How are you, sir? Hi, Sean. Glad to hear there were no chemtrails up there today. Yeah, we get them a lot. In fact, I'll show a couple of pictures. Uh, my buddy at the gym walked up to me the other day and he said, take a look at this. Every single day, this is what I see on my drive. And I said, you know what? Send me those. I'll put them on my show because we do have chemtrail covered skies frequently. Today, thank God, all I see is blue sky, which is very rare in the Midwest. So anyway, what I want to lead with today is this. The same suspects peddling the same BS taking us to the very edge of World War III, Harley. Senator Mark Kelly tweeted this today. What a piece of trash. I just visited Kiev and can report that President Zelensky and the Ukrainian people continue to stand strong in the face of an illegal and unprovoked invasion. Oh my God, let's unpack that. We stand with them, he says. Ukraine is resilient and they're going to win. Now we know nothing could be further from the truth, but these people lie and that's all they ever do is lie. So let's go to Seymour Hirsch, who reminds us that Zelensky has embezzled $400 million allocated by the United States for purchasing fuel. Harley, I'm coming back to you. Let's unpack this. I'm so sick and tired of the lies, but guess who else is? The rest of the darn world is sick of United States 
totalitarianism, authoritarianism, and endless wars. Well, you're absolutely right about that, Sean. And I've been working a lot recently with uh, people from so-called former colonial countries, uh, South Africa, Brazil, Pakistan, uh, Algeria, uh, countries that in the past, if, if the U.S. flag went up, they saluted, they stood at attention, and they gave their money to the International Monetary Fund and their resources to the global raw materials cartel. Not anymore. What we're seeing is a dramatic change in the world, but the American people are not being clued in on it because we're being told that the fight in Ukraine is about democracy and freedom, even though it's clear that Ukraine is a corrupt country. We didn't need Seymour Hirsch to tell us this, but Hirsch has some really interesting insights from discussions he's had with intelligence contacts. Uh, you showed the thing about 400 million embezzled on fuel from fuel costs. Hirsch pointed out that the cost of fuel is hyperinflated by the same oil companies that are uh, playing around with the uh, oil prices in the United States and Western Europe. But he, he also pointed out, where's Zelensky buying oil from? Russia. He's buying diesel fuel from Russia at rock bottom prices, and then they charge high prices for it. And then they get money from the United States, supposedly to cover the costs, which they embezzle. I found the most interesting part of Hirsch's article is he talked about uh, Bill Burns, the CIA director, went to Kiev and told Zelensky, we know what you're doing. Uh, you've got to stop it. And he gave him a list of, I think, 38 or so officers and top officials of the government. And what did Zelensky do? He fired 10 of them. The other 28 are still running Ukraine. And they're still saying that they're winning the war. So, you know, you talk about the lies. Most of the world has turned the page. Now, the question is, can the United States still do business with the rest of the world? And for that to happen, we're going to have to change because they're moving outside of the dollar. And, you know, this is something you and I have talked about for quite a while, that there's an alternative financial system coming into being based on real economics, currency that's backed by something real, uh, trade and investment that goes into building something as opposed to funny money, uh, quadrillions of dollars worth of derivatives and so on. So our system's collapsing. And the, the highest growth rate in the world is East Asia. So this is a fundamental change. And as Hirsch points out, the instead of trying to figure out what's wrong with the U.S. government, the U.S. government continues to tell us that everything's great. The economy is going to turn around. Ukraine's going to win the war. The Russians and the Chinese are evil. And we're the good guys. And I think... And you may have a better insight into this than I do. I think the American people are starting to wake up. There's only so much lying that, that people can tolerate. Well, I think so, too. I think people are waking up now, not as many as I would like and not as fast as I would like. In fact, I got my hair cut today and uh, the gal, you know, I see her regularly and uh, I mentioned the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab because I don't even know how it came up, but I just wanted. Oh, it was because Hunger Games was on in this little barber shop, And she says she read the books. And I said, well, you know, that's exactly where they want to take us, right? The elite want us to live in the Hunger Games in reality. I said, have you heard of this guy named Klaus Schwab? She said, no. I said, well, 
check him out. He looks a lot like a Bond villain, and he sounds exactly <laughs> like a Bond villain. And what this guy says is, in the future, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. Everything we want, we will rent. And he also says there's no such thing as free will anymore. By the way, they want to introduce a central bank digital currency, which will make us all slaves. You really should look into it. And it was a little bit like talking to a brick wall. She wanted to immediately move on. So I get that a lot from people, sadly. Well, I hope she gave you a good haircut, at least. Yeah, I got a decent haircut. She got a $20 tip. And uh, (laughs) now I've got a story to share with you. So, look, the world is really, really fed up with the United States. And we're in a real pickle here. Our dollar is being debased. We know that. But now it's being ditched by all of these nation states. And to add insult to injury here, we're on the cusp of multiple world wars here. So we've got Russia and Ukraine, that hornet's nest. And by the way, you should tell us what Ukraine's really all about. What is this thing? Is it a cleanup operation? Is it to protect their rat lines for child and human trafficking? Explain to us what Ukraine's all about. But now we've got the Straits of Taiwan, China threatening Taiwan. The United States is supposed to protect and back Taiwan, but we don't have enough ammunition to do so because we've given it all to Ukraine. I mean, it's just multiple fronts here. And uh, meanwhile, the dollar is about to melt down. Well, let's start with the dollar. Uh, We debased the dollar. The Federal Reserve is the one that debased it. And the Federal Reserve is a private central bank that works for the biggest financial private institutions in the world. Uh, And not just American ones. We we saw this with the recent uh, crisis with the, the banks that started collapsing. And what did they do? They guaranteed to bail out not only U.S. banks, but the Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, the European Central Bank, the uh, uh, Central Bank of Germany, and so on. So they've been pumping trillions of dollars since 2008 to back up the face value of worthless financial instruments. This is called financialization, and we've lived in a new era since the, uh, well, since the George W. Bush administration of financialization. It goes back before that. But at a certain point, we stopped investing in physical goods production. And, you know, some people say, well, if we go back to gold, that's a solution. Well, gold would help. But look what the rest of the world is doing. The Russians back their currency with gold, with strategic metals, with steel, with lumber, with uh, raw materials, and so on. Uh, the Chinese with physical production, the South Africans who are having a, an economic crisis now, but they're borrowing money to build, to build infrastructure, to advance their construction and transportation technologies. The rest of the world is, is tired of this idea that they're going to submit to the so-called rules-based order so that they can continue to get credit to cover over their bad debt. They're prepared to dump the debt or to try to turn the debt into something that can be monetized so they can start rebuilding. And what are we doing? More and more bailouts of swindlers. So we've debased our own currency. Now, this brings us to the question of Ukraine. And look, Ukraine has very little going on that's good in it. The, you know, we talk about we're defending Ukrainian democracy. There's no democracy there. The the alternative political parties, the opposition parties have been shut down. Opposition media has been shut down. Uh, People who oppose the government get put on list and many of them get killed. I'm on a list, a Ukrainian hit list called the Committee to Combat Disinformation. 
according to the Ukrainian USB, their secret service, I am a Putin mouthpiece because I oppose the war. And because I say that the Ukrainian government is killing its own people on behalf of NATO and the Western banks. So that makes me a Putin puppet, according to Ukraine. And people on this list have been killed. Daria Dugina was on the list and she was blown up in Moscow about a year ago. I remember that. So that's democracy. That's what we're defending. When people like Senator Kelly go there and shake Zelensky's hand, they should take a, a, a towel and wipe their hand off because his hand is covered in the blood of the people who oppose his regime. Well, and by the way, that guy, Senator Kelly, one of the number one gun grabbers in the United States. There's nothing he wants more than to take our Second Amendment and tear it to shreds. Well, and that's somewhat typical of the whole Biden crew. Now, the we can get into the Republicans and Democrats in a few minutes, but just to finish the point on Ukraine, one of Ukraine's functions was to serve as a base for bio labs that were run by the U.S. government. And of course, that's been covered up, even though Victoria Nuland, mm-hmm. who's the, the uh, donut lady, the cookie lady for the State Department coup machine, uh, even though she admitted that the U.S. was funding and working on that lab. Uh, the, I mean, you, you mentioned child trafficking. Here's one of the big ironies. Putin was indicted by the International Criminal Court for protecting Ukrainian children from the Donbass, moving them out of a war zone to orphanages and protection in Russia, 1,400 to 1,600 children. For that, he's called a kidnapper. Meanwhile, how many young Ukrainian boys and girls have been sold into sex slave uh, systems? So, you know, what, what you're dealing with Ukraine is what should be considered a moment of opportunity for the Western financial system and the Western military alliance called NATO to use the fiction of defending democracy to try and degrade Russia. Now, the question of why they want to get rid of Russia, they want to break Russia into many parts so that it can't defend itself. You know, we, we did, and I say we, I'm talking about the West, went into Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union and started stealing everything in sight. This was done by Boston banks, New York banks, uh, British banks. Um, Bill Browder is one of the famous guys who was involved in this, the guy of the Magnitsky Act. They stole everything they could, and they they hired ex-KGB guys to be their local oligarchs to work with them on it. Then Putin came in, and Putin shut some of that down. That's why they don't like Putin, because he cut off their game. So they're continuing to have conferences, the Heritage Foundation, the Jamestown Foundation, the Atlantic Council. They have conferences on how to break apart Russia. For what reason? To grab the raw material wealth of Russia. And so that's what this war is about, destroying Russia and using Ukraine as a sledgehammer to do that, regardless of how many Ukrainians are killed in the process. Now, in the meantime, what's their other uh, opposition to Russia based on? Russia, as a result of the lying and the the corruption against them, finally decided they're going to have to move on to a new financial system. The sanctions were were the final uh, impetus for that. So Russia and China are in the process of breaking with the SWIFT international transaction system. And they're talking now about moving toward 
regional and national currencies for trade rather than the dollar. Who else has joined them? The Saudis. The the uh, Brazilians are now accepting yuan for trade. So we're seeing a break, a complete break with the post-Cold War order. But no one's told the American people that yet. And we're told that, that China wants to attack Taiwan. China figures that, that Taiwan will eventually be reunified with them completely in about 30 or 40 years. They're not in a big hurry. Uh, but American war hawks are in a hurry to, well, given that they're going to lose Ukraine, they, they need another uh, gravy train to uh, produce weapons and, and fighting. But we don't have the capability, as you pointed out. We don't have the capability even to allow Ukraine to beat Russia, much less a two-front war. So I, I think we're in the worst of all possible worlds in the United States, except the door is open for us to leave this unipolar so-called rules-based order if the American people will speak up. What do you make of what you're seeing right here on the screen? Michael Yan tweeted, the situation could not be more serious. We have a puppet president. He's not a serious man. Neither is the vice president. But we've got Victoria Newland, We've got Valerie Jarrett and Obama who are really running the show. And they're taking us right directly into World War III. How close to World War III do you really think we are? We hear a lot of fear mongering on both the right and the left. How serious is it in your view at this point? How close are we to an actual World War III confrontation with either or both of those countries? Well, the, the, the good news is that Putin is not as mad as Biden. And mad, I mean crazy. Putin is a very serious uh, nationalist who's committed to doing everything he can to protect and defend his nation. Now, what that means is, as U.S. is moving weapons and NATO is moving weapons closer and closer to the Russian border, the Russians are responding by saying, if you have a first strike doctrine against us, then we'll have to adopt a first strike doctrine towards you. Mm -hmm. So when Putin says that, they say, oh, Putin's threatening to use nuclear weapons. Well, we made the first step. Biden has changed the nuclear weapons posture. I think it's, it's commendable that uh, former President Trump brought this up the other day, that we are close, closer than we've ever been to a nuclear war, even closer than in the Cuban Missile Crisis. And why is that? Because the leaders in the West are complete insane fools. You, know, you, you look at someone like Ursula von der Leyen, who's the head of the European Commission, uh, she's nothing but a, a family member from degenerate counts from central Germany. You look at the foreign minister of Germany, Annalena Baerbach. She became famous because she's a, a, a trampoline expert. Uh, she, all she does is mouth what Tony Blinken whispers in her ear. And what did she say? She said, we are at war with Russia. Now, this kind of posturing causes the Russians to say, well, we'd better pay attention. And especially because the U.S. and the West still have a first strike option. So the Russians are changing their doctrine to match that. So you're at a point where, just as an example, in the end of June, there's going to be something called uh, uh, Air Defense uh, 23. And it's a military exercise of the Air Force which will include B-52 bombers flying extremely close to Russian borders. Now, if there's a mistake made, a, an itchy trigger finger on the Russian side or the American side, you could have a nuclear war. 
And instead of having talks, instead of discussing this, instead of negotiating, trying to find a way out, the West keeps poking, keeps pushing. And I include in that the, the British, who are one of the leaders in the anti-Russian uh, grouping, uh, the British tried to send an aircraft carrier, a brand new aircraft carrier to the uh, Indian Ocean. And when it got 60 miles outside of the, the port, it broke down and had to be towed back. Then when they fixed it again, they didn't have enough airplanes. So they had to get a loan from the United States to put airplanes on their aircraft carrier, which broke down a second time. I think it's the, the uh, Queen Elizabeth, it's called. So you know, the West is in terrible shape. The, the head of the British Defense Council in the House of Commons said, we should be prepared for boots on the ground in Ukraine. That is the British Army. And he was asked, well, what will we use for ammunition? And he said, well, we'll run out of ammunition within the first two weeks. But just being there will, will show the Ukrainians we're serious. That's the idiocy that exists in these people. Admiral uh, Richard, who until recently was the head of the Indo-Pacific Command, said that we're probably going to be in a nuclear war with China by, 19, by 2027. And so we have to gear up for that. What, what do you mean gear up for it? What he's saying is that we don't have very good bases, enough bases to deal with a land-based power like China. So we have to get Japan to have a nuclear rearmament. So then, then you have the nuclear submarine deal with Australia. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It's provocation after provocation. And then you add to that the blowing up of the Nord Sea pipeline, That's the right. Nord Stream pipeline which Seymour Hirsch, I think, is right in pointing out that this was done by Biden at, against the advice of his military. So what, what's useful about the recent Seymour Hirsch article is that he's pointing out that you have ideologues who have no experience with war, like Blinken and Sullivan. Uh, you mentioned a few of them. Uh, you, you can include in this uh, Susan Rice, who's very instrumental in making policy in the Biden administration, Samantha Power, the psychotic who came up with the idea of responsibility to protect. Uh, these are the people who are planning to use a nuclear bluff to put Putin into a corner and then conduct regime change in Russia. What's much more likely to occur is regime change in the United States, and it couldn't happen soon enough. You know, I stay away from this just because, you know, I like to be diplomatic, but I do see a lot of people in the comments say it's all the Jews. And of course, I say that's ridiculous. Not all Jews are evil, of course. But I would say there are some evil Jews in this administration, and they are warmongers. And I just wanted to say it to say it, because look, here's the thing. This trans insanity, I call it the new Bolshevik revolution, what's happening here in the United States. These trans people are, they've lost their minds, Harley. There is a sector of this society in this country that has lost their minds, and we haven't even gone through hard times yet. We've had a little bit of inflation, but we're nowhere near hyperinflation, and the dollar is still king. Now, it's rapidly losing that mantle as king, but uh, we haven't even had hard times, and these people are already losing their minds. But here's the clip I wanted to play. The Biden, Newland, Jarrett, Obama trans insanity is destroying the United States and the USA's standing in the world. Listen to this. If we don't have a dollar, all we really have is our reputation as a nation. That's all we have. And the puppet 
is ruining it. The puppet is destroying our reputation around the world. Let me just play some of this clip and you stop me wherever you want to stop me here. Listen closely. America right now comes to to Tanzania, comes to Ghana, to Zambia with 16 million. And guess what? 16 million only for Zambia. The 16 million, ask me what is it for? What is it for? For human rights. Across the river, China and Russia coming to South Africa. Ask me for what? For what? For a military training and skills sharing of security. So the Americans are more interested in a transgender, homosexual agenda around the world. They will invest their money and give you money to protect human rights. Russia and China are coming with weapons and militarization strategies so that we can protect ourselves. So I want to say this very loud and clear to the Americans. Continue on your transgender agenda. (laughs) Stay there. Leave us to do politics (laughs) on the other side. Because what we need right now is not a minority human rights activation. What we need is a societal transformation. And for you as Americans to think that we really envy that when you have an anti-lesbian, anti-gay, LGBT principle, then tourists will drop. Let me correct that once and for all smooth. And cut and clip this, and it must be loud and clear. Are you saying to me that all the tourists are gay? And when you hear that this is a non-gay zone, tourism will suffer. You know, I just wanted to play that because common sense still does prevail in most parts of the world, even though the left has lost its mind in their common sense here in the United States. But it's not going to work. They're losing control. And yes, they can steal elections. But if we lose our reputation as a nation around the world, it's game over. And I don't think these lefties, these trans insane people have any idea what's coming for them. They live in a great country right now, but that's all about to change, and they have no idea what's about to hit them directly in the face. Well, Sean, that, that clip could have been any number of clips because that's what many, many people in Africa are saying. Although it's not just about Russia and China with military. They're coming in and building power plants. They're building high-speed rail systems, dams. They're doing the things that the Western colonial powers never did. The only railroad that Western countries built in Africa was from the the raw material resources to the ports so they could ship it out. Now, Blinken did a tour recently where he met with the South African foreign minister and said, you have to join us in the sanctions against Russia. And she said to him, Mr. Secretary, South Africa is a sovereign nation. Don't come here to bully us. Now, the same thing was said to the vice president, Kamala Harris, when she went to Africa to try and lecture them on democracy. And they they played a clip from the opposition leader of Ghana, who said, you can have all the transgender people you want in San Francisco. We don't want them here. If they're here, they'll be given their, their rights. But don't come here and lecture us about democracy. And then the, the, he said, when you come here and kill our leaders, assassinate our leaders, when you come here to fund civil wars and regime change, don't you lecture us about democracy. That's an attitude that's taking hold throughout what's called the global south. Now, here, here's the point. This is something that, as you said, the United States has had a higher standard of living in spite of bad economic policy for most of the last 50 years because of what was done in the World War II mobilization the 50s, the 60s, even up through the Reagan period, where we still continue to invest in heavy industry, machine tool, 
capital goods production. But beginning in the mid-80s, especially under the influence of the, of the Bushes and the Bush Republicans, and then the winning over of the Democrats to the Warhawk faction, we've had a, a one-party system, which is owned and run by the corporate cartels. And it's not just the military-industrial complex. It's the financial cartels, the insurance cartels, big pharma, uh, the for-profit hospital associations. They're looting the United States and the American people as though we're a third world country. And they're doing it in the name of free market policy and, and uh, free enterprise. There's nothing free about it. You look at what just happened with these bank collapses. Trillions of dollars were offered to keep these banks going. Why? Because there are hundreds of trillions of dollars of derivatives which have nothing backing them up. And if you have a chain reaction collapse of derivatives, the whole system blows. Now, you can't bail it out. The more money you pour into it, the more inflation you create. So that's why they're trying to move to a central bank digital currency. That's why they're trying to uh, somehow come up with a great reset. But the rest of the world won't have it. The, the two key issues here that Americans have to understand, the first one is sovereignty. We always talk about sovereignty and the importance of sovereignty, but the American government and military and the corporate cartels are explicitly opposed to nations being sovereign because they're supposed to be there for us. That's what the rules-based order is. The second issue is credit. Whoever controls the credit of a country controls the full economy and the direction of that nation. If you put the credit and currency in the hands of private central banks, which operate on behalf of the J.P. Morgan Chase, the BlackRock, and, and these kind of companies, they're going to do what's good for them, which may mean bailout, which may mean all kinds of swindles, but they're not going to invest in physical economic production. And the deindustrialization that's going on and the effect of that, for example, why do we have train derailments of the slow trains we have in the United States? when the Chinese have trains whizzing on 40,000 kilometers of track at, at 300 miles an hour, and they don't crash. We are a decrepit, declining country that people are deluded by the media, the, the lying, the censorship, and also the idea that, well, we're free because we can choose whatever sex we want, we can gamble, uh, we can use whatever drug we want. That's not freedom. That's something called license. And when you open the doors to that kind of perversion, you are entering into what Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov calls the post-Christian civilization. And that's what's happening in the West. Now, I see it here in Germany. I watch my, my kids at school. There was just a, a really interesting decision made by the German government to not allow public schools to encourage the Fridays for Future movement, the Greta Thunberg movement. My kids were being bombarded that there's something wrong with them because they're against the green policy. And finally, a, a bill was passed saying you, you can't proselytize for shutting down energy. You know, in two days, Sean, the last three nuclear plants in Germany will be shut down. My utility bill here in, in Potsdam, Germany, has gone up 400% in the last two years. And it's going to keep going up. How do people pay for things like this? 
Well, the Greens make money from the foundations, from the Soros's, from the uh, Aspen Institute and the various think tanks. The average person is going to lose their job. They're talking about getting rid of one and a half million jobs related to the auto sector, which is the driver for the German economy. So in the West, we're spiraling downward rapidly. The rest of the world doesn't want to go that way, and they're asserting sovereignty. We should join them. We should take our country back from the corporate cartels. Corporate cartels run the government right now, not the people. And they control the Congress top to bottom. They control the media top to bottom. The, the fact that there's still a few courageous people like you out there, uh, and, and I, know, I know a number of them, but you know, the, the fact that you're willing to stand up and fight for truth is about the only thing we have as a protection against this onslaught of global corporate cartels. Hey friends, just a quick break and a word about our sponsor. I think most of you know that de-dollarization has begun, but most of your friends, neighbors, and colleagues probably don't. The dollar's dominance is fading by the day. China, Brazil, India, Japan, even France have announced they're moving away from dollars as the major trade unit. The writing's on the wall and these are scary times. But do you know who are the ones who are not afraid? the people that have invested in gold with Noble Gold Investments. Now remember, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee of any kind. So do your own due diligence. But I myself own precious metals. Gold is the most stable asset outside of any government control. And if you like silver, that's an option too. Thousands have approached Noble Gold Investments to get their hands on gold. Hurry and go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth now. And if you qualify, you can bag a free 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin with each gold or silver IRA. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Well, and they want to shut us down with that Restrict Act, right? All in the name of uh, silencing TikTok. The (laughs) anti-TikTok bill is really about shutting me down and you down and Jimmy Dore down and Zero Hedge and Alex Jones and X-22 and anybody else that will speak truth to power. So that's the Trojan horse. And of course, there's like 11 or 12 rhinos that are in support of that bill, including Lindsey Graham, complete traitors in my view. But uh, let me ask you about one other thing here. So we've got this new Pentagon leaks thing happening here. I have not dug through the documents, but here's what I said, because my understanding is uh, it sort of appeared upon first blush that maybe one of the generals or somebody in a high position of power in the Pentagon or somewhere within the DOD wanted to leak materials to just say, look, this Ukraine thing is not working. This is not the hill we should die on. And so maybe I said, is a white hat in the Pentagon trying to stop World War III? Well, that was on April 12th. On April 13th, we have this news. Pentagon document leaker is a 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman. But now we have Cash Patel quickly following up on that, saying there's no way an Air National Guardsman in his 20s single-handedly had access to the classified intelligence of this nature and pulled off this disclosure alone. The bigger question is, who in the DOD gave him this access or gave him the documents in question. This is just the beginning of the Biden cover-up. So that's what I wanted to ask you about. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Ray McGovern, who's a 20 oh, for sure. Absolutely. Of the CIA. Uh, McGovern said that this is showing that there are policy fights occurring, that there are some senior diplomats and intelligence people and, and some military people who reject the Biden team, which is the the Blinken, Sullivan, uh, Susan Rice crowd, 
and also who are in opposition to the Republican war hawks who uh, are you know, Mike McCall, the, the Texas congressman, just said we've got to be prepared to fight in Taiwan. What uh, Ray McGovern said is that this had to be delivered from someone at the Joint Chiefs of Staff level. Now, maybe they chose a 21-year-old to leak it, but he doesn't have access to that. And McGovern went on to say that um, maybe someone at that level decided if the American people knew this, maybe we could stop this terrible drift toward a wider war in Ukraine and perhaps nuclear weapons. And he said it convinced him that there are still a few people in Washington trying to find the off-ramp and expose the lies that have been told by people like the defense secretary and secretary of state. That, that's an assessment I, I think is real. Uh, you know, as to the question of, of white hats, I, I think there are patriots. There are people who have been biding their time and, and you know, it's time for them to come out and openly take on this administration. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the people I have a, a great deal of respect for is Douglas McGregor who's one of the few people who will consistently tell the truth about the Ukraine war. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we need more people like that. Uh, Scott Ritter is another one. Uh, we have a conference coming up this, this weekend. It, it, this may be posted too late for people to catch it, but it will be archived. The Schiller Institute is going to have a two-day conference where we're going to have 30 people from different countries talking about how we can work together to get a new security architecture not controlled by the deep state. That's what we need. And if we have allies in other countries, it gives us the opportunity to make sure that we would not be alone if we broke out of this situation. So I, I would encourage people to look at the SchillerInstitute.com uh, to look at the conference. It's, it's called the, uh, well, it's, it's basically about how we can achieve a, a new uh, security and financial development architecture, as opposed to a funny money system. But there are people who are speaking out. It's just that you know, when you when you do speak out, you, you have to look over both shoulders and make sure the IRS is not coming at you. Well, it's interesting, too, because I just don't think, certainly in my lifetime, I've never seen a nation with such power meltdown so quickly as our own nation. I mean, it literally is collapsing because they have no more faith. Like the American people have no more faith in this criminal government. We have no more faith in our elections. We have no more faith in that puppet who goes by the name Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, there's no way he got 81 million votes. So the conclusion everybody is drawing now is we live in a banana republic where there's no equal application yeah. of justice under the law. Therefore, we have no constitution. And still this demon puppet wants to come after our second amendment. He wants to get rid of AR-15s. Uh, they want to make trans surgery for kids free and uh, and legal in the state of California, where uh, a kid who wants to transition from male to female can move to California, not tell his parents, not tell her parents, somehow get there probably by a Soros uh, NGO or uh, Planned Parenthood and get the surgery without parental consent. That's the very definition, Harley, of a society that has lost its mind, complete and total anarchy. There is no more rule of law. And certainly this is rapidly becoming a godless nation. And we know what happens to nations like that. Well, just, just look one example. And this is one of so many. The uh, Academy Award honored Navalny, who is known for, mo for, for the most part as a former criminal 
who essentially was paid by British intelligence to become an opposition figure to Putin. Now, we jump up and down in the State Department about Russian human rights violations. What about Julian Assange? What about what's being done to President Trump? You know, if a former president of another country was, was treated the way Trump was, We'd be demanding immediately the International Criminal Court intervene, that, that there be an investigation, that there be a war. And yet that's being done in this country, in the name of the rule of law. So I think the hypocrisy is so blatant, it becomes hard to hide. You have to be literally demented. And, and when I say demented, I mean like Biden shaking imaginary hands. But The whole Congress is that way. There are very few people. Just one further example on this, uh, going back to the Hirsch article about the corruption in Ukraine. Remember, in when the $40 billion was voted up by the Congress of aid to Ukraine, Senator Rand Paul stood forward and stopped it by demanding that there be a uh, resolution added, which set up an inspector general to track where the money was going and the weapons were going. He was attacked by the New York Times. He was attacked by CNN as an obstructionist, as holding back necessary aid to Ukraine. When the bill came to a vote, only 11 Republicans voted for an inspector general. And the vote went through, the the money went through to Ukraine. And within weeks, there were reports of weapons from the United States ending up in the hands of Boko Haram Islamic terrorists in Nigeria of Ukrainian defense officials with new bank accounts on, in the south of France. So, and Rand Paul is still ridiculed for that as standing against the, the fight for freedom. So I, I agree with you completely that there's a, a craziness. I just don't exempt Republicans from that because on, on every one of these bills for the war, the Republicans are gung-ho. 100%, yeah. And so... What's necessary is to forget about political parties and to start focusing on issues. And again, the two issues that I think are really important is the question of sovereignty and who controls credit. You can do all sorts of things to bills to try and protect individual savings and things of that sort. But if you don't control the big picture, that's where you lose. And and the, the fact that the Klaus Schwab's of this world. And and look, before there was Klaus Schwab, there was Kissinger, there was Brzezinski, there was Madeleine Albright. You know, Schwab is not the the brightest bulb in the chandelier, but he follows a a traditional group of of these war hawks and and neoliberal criminals. And I think people are beginning to see through it, but they don't know what the alternative is. And that's, that's what I'm trying to fight for by bringing up this question of who controls credit, uh, Sean, let me just tell you very quickly in Europe, because of what happened with Credit Suisse, you know, they, they initially said there's going to be a $50 billion bailout to save Credit Suisse. And then when, when Union Bank of Switzerland looked at the books, they said, holy moly, $50 billion doesn't even begin to cover the problem. Hmm. So the Swiss government pledged $200 billion to bail out one bank to keep it uh, it's paper liquid long enough for UBS to take it over. That's almost bigger than the GDP of Switzerland. You have one monster bank now in Switzerland, which essentially runs the country. Now, what's next? Deutsche Bank, BNP Paribas, Standard and Chartered in, in Great Britain. 
sooner or later, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. There's not enough paper printing to cover over this debt. And so that's why we're coming up to a moment where there will be an opportunity for change. But people have to fight on the right issues. And, and I, I think the best guide for this is the tradition of the American system, where we had the idea that the citizens choose representatives. That's what a republic is. Choose representatives to act in the interests of the citizens, not for private interests. And that's what people should be getting taught in schools. And that's what's not being taught in American schools. Yeah, you got that right. Well, just a couple more things here. I know we're running a bit long, but uh, I wanted to ask you, you know who Tom Luongo is, right? Yeah. Okay. Tom was just on, he's been on with me, but he just did an interview with Mike Adams. I'll send you the link and uh, I'd like you to listen to it. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that next time because Tom Mm -hmm. continues to defend this idea that the Fed under Jerome Powell is rebelling against what the Davos elite wanted. They wanted zero interest rates. They wanted to go to negative interest rates. And because the Fed has aggressively raised rates, all of these European banks are blowing up. And he actually defends that thesis in this interview with Mike Adams really brilliantly. And he cites some stuff regarding Credit Suisse and some real stuff only a financial guy would really understand. I can't even requote it. So I'll send you that link. We could talk about that in the future because I wonder what you make of that thesis. I'll just tell you one thing on that. Powell is caught in a trap, a trap of his own making, a trap of Janet Yellen's making, Bernanke's making, and so on, which is that in 2008, they should have put the system through bankruptcy reorganization. They should have squeezed out the the derivatives and the swaps and these other uh, exotic financial instruments and gone back to real separation between investment banking and commercial banking, which is the the Glass-Steagall bill. They didn't do that. And so Powell was left with a a damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you don't raise the interest rates, then there'll be more inflation. But the problem is that they're still doing bailouts, which adds to the inflation. So I wouldn't defend him. I I think there's some justification to say that uh, his policy has gone in the opposite direction of what they've done in Europe, although Europe is moving more towards that. But the the problem is he's not addressing the real issue, which is that you can't allow a system to be based on funny money to bail out the swindlers and the wealthy. And that's what what, uh, Powell was doing. And what he's doing now is the high interest rates affect builders. They affect people who want to buy homes. They they affect small business. But if you're a big enough bank, a so-called too big to fail institution, you still get free money. So I don't think Powell is a great hero in this. Yeah, no. And I'm not defending Powell or calling him a hero either. Uh, I'll send you the uh, interview, though. I think you might find what Tom says interesting just because uh, the opposite would have brought our country to our knees already, perhaps. But anyway, we're kind of on our knees already. But uh, all right. So final thing here I wanted to show you and talk to you about. Um, I don't know how to ask the question. So just let me say, as the southern border is wide open and mostly middle age or young men are coming through. I don't see a lot of women and children. We see power grid station attacks, chicken farms being blown up, food processing plants being blown up. We know that the United Nations Agenda 2030 is just that. Bring us to our knees so that we can't resist the United Nations Agenda 2030 policies and uh, the World Economic Forum policies too. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. 
I just want you to help me speculate. I'll just play this video here. This was a farm with 18,000 cows on it in Texas, yeah. and it just suddenly blew up. Now, how could that happen, Harley? This is the aftermath of that explosion. 18,000 cows burned alive in Dimmit, Texas. How in the world could an explosion so large that it kills 18,000 cows occur? And beyond that, even if it was really an accident, I don't think I believe in coincidences anymore regarding all of these attacks on our food processing plants and our food supply, Harley. Who's doing this? Uh, we know about NATO's Operation Gladio, so we know they do these types of terror attacks. Who is pulling this off? Well, I, I think the Greens might blame it on cow farts. But the, you know, to, to, to be serious about this, look, this kind of sabotage is also going on in legislative form. In the Netherlands, which is one of the most productive agricultural areas in Europe, it's a normal, regular agricultural surplus. The government decided that 30% of all farms have to be put out of business. If you look at Ukraine, what was one of the first things Zelensky did? He started driving Ukrainian farmers off the land and, and giving them offers to sell to who? Vanguard, BlackRock, uh, Cargill. The grain cartels. There's a deliberate effort when you talk about the World Economic Forum. This goes back before there was a World Economic Forum to then Prince Charles and, and Mark Carney from the Bank of England to cut back food production. You see it in terms of the sanction policy, the deliberate starvation. I mean, I, I think Tony Blinken should be indicted by the International Criminal Court, although the International Criminal Court shouldn't exist. But he should be brought up for war crimes. He's, his policies of sanctions in Yemen, in Afghanistan, in Iran, in Syria are killing people, killing children. And they say they're doing this. Why? Well, in Syria, they're keeping the sanctions in spite of the effects of the earthquake because they're saying that Assad is bad. So children are dying because the regime change policy of the United States against Assad didn't succeed. So when you see things like this explosion, when you, you read about the other you know, farm foreclosures, family farmers are hardly around anymore. The, the most efficient form of agricultural production in history was the family farm. Instead, it's being turned into corporate farming and the control of food supplies. If you control food supplies and credit, you can kill nations. And, and that's what we're seeing. That's, uh, I had just heard about that earlier today. I hadn't seen the, the, the pictures, but that's quite devastating. Well, I just think it's all part of the Great Awakening. I mean, they can attack everything, our families, our children, our infrastructure. They can try to force a CBDC down our throats. And the more tyrannical they act, the more people they wake up and people who are willing to resist, because nobody wants what's coming. As soon as we educate people, which I tried to do today at the barbershop, as soon as we educate people and wake them up, they will resist. And I would say that the gal who was cutting my hair did say, oh, no, oh, no, I wouldn't go for that. So, I mean, <laughs> even on a base level, if they don't know who Klaus Schwab is, they know what he's peddling is anti-human. All right, last thing here, we'll do this. We'll just show this here uh, for posterity's sake. So the uh, Air National Guardsman's name is Jack T. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. Teixeira, we, I think it is. Teixeira. Teixeira. All right. Well, we know we live in a banana republic. So let's hear from the head 
of the Banana Republic's Justice Department and see what he's got to say about this. Clearances hey, to this kind Jennifer, of a young person. Merrick Garland's taken to the microphone at the Justice Department. Jack Douglas Teixeira, in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI. All right, whatever. So same old, same old. Look, we don't know who this kid is or what he actually did, but like Julian Assange, he'll be painted to be the boogeyman, and then this will all go away, and we will never see a perp walk of actual criminals. Just Trump and just Jack T and just you know people like that, but never anybody who is actually committing treason on a daily basis. It'll never be Hunter Biden who gets perp walked, and uh, unfortunately, it'll probably never be Joe Biden either. Well, here's the question. You spend all this effort to try and find the person who's the alleged leaker. How much effort is spent to find the people who are responsible for the crimes that were exposed in these documents? The fact that $100 billion plus dollars is going to a swindling government in Ukraine that's killing its own population and trying to destroy Russia. For what purpose? The same thing, look, look at the Assange case. He's rotting in prison while the people who his WikiLeaks reporting exposed as war criminals, like and, the and murderers, yeah. I'm sorry, and murderers, like the people who murdered Seth Rich for leaking the DNC emails, which implicated yeah. John Podesta and Hillary Clinton in, I think, personally, pedophilic activity, certainly the use of coded pedophilic language in those emails. Well, and then you also look at the open lying of the Bush administration for the Iraq war, the lies about chemical weapons in Syria and on and on and on. The real perpetrators think they're above it all. They think they can get away with it. And then you, you look at the whole Russiagate case. You know, you talk about Trump. There was never anything real about Russiagate. It was a fraud from beginning to end. And even a, a former New York Times reporter, Jeff Gerth, exposed this in a lengthy article in the Columbia Journalism Review, which was largely blacked out of the, the uh, press, uh, even though he was a former member in good standing of the press. Why was it blacked out? Because what he showed is that the New York Times and others, uh, CNN, took as their sources other news reporters and the FBI as uh, the proof that, that Trump and Putin were working together to win the election. And as Gerth points out, this is not true at all. But the, the uh, Pulitzer Prize that was given to the New York Times for this was never rescinded. So this is, it's topsy-turvy, Sean. The, the, the criminals are still in charge, but their crimes are they're in the open. And the question is, will we have enough people with courage to stand up and take them on? Right. Well, they need our consent. And I just think fewer and fewer people are going to consent. And if uh, Biden tries to ban the AR-15s and come after the guns, states will step up and intervene and nullify. And we still have a 10th Amendment. We still have a lot of cards left to play. And uh, from my view, It'll be game over, though, if these people steal another election and implant another one of these people in 2024 in the uh, executive branch. That'll be game over. So anyway, it's hard to know. It's hard to know who they could do that with, though. 
<laughs> Michelle, or studies. should I say Michael Obama, perhaps? I, I think that would be going one step too far. All righty. Well, I'll we tell you what see. I was told, that, that they're going to try and uh, ease Biden out and, and do a quantitative easing that will, between military spending and, and free money, will create a slight uptick that would make Harris seem like a person who could be trusted. And I, I just don't see that at all. Not in 10 million years. <laughs> I would bet a year's salary. Well, of course, they could steal it. But I mean, that woman is, I mean, I can't think of anybody less equipped to speak publicly on a daily basis, regardless of position, much less vice president or president of the United States. She's a complete fool. I just literally said in an interview the other day, she is not a serious person. She is a joke. And by the way, it is said that she slept her way to the top. Well, that's that's perfectly true. She'd be the giggler in chief. The giggler in chief. All righty. No better than the sleeper in chief, Joe Biden. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you saw that uh, video. Maybe I'll splice it in here. It looks like the guy's wearing a mask. Somebody pretending to be Joe Biden. Who who even knows anymore? I don't know if you've ever seen any of those videos, even 20 years ago, of the CIA's mask program. Unbelievable. A CIA agent able to sit in the Oval Office across from George Bush Sr., and he has no idea this woman's wearing a mask until she removes it. And that's how they unveiled their mask program to that sitting president. That was 20 years ago, Harley. Who knows what they've got now? Well, remember what Pompeo said. We, we cheat, lie, and steal. And that's what we do for our profession. Yeah, that's right. Cheat, lie, steal, and kill, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Seth Rich. All right, friends, thanks so much for tuning in. Harley, as always, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. And, and Sean, people can get in touch with me through my personal email at harleysch at gmail.com. And I'll send you the link to my daily video update of 10 to 12 minutes where I cover some of the things that we've been discussing uh, today. All right. Excellent. Well, until we speak again, Harley, God bless you and your family. Stay safe. Take care. Okay, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, friends, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, I say it every time, but it's true. Thanks to our subscribe stars. They're dwindling in numbers, but thank you for those there. We really need your support. We appreciate your support. The same is true with the folks at sgtreport.tv. And for real news every single day, guys, visit us directly at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. Of all of these um, oaths of office that were requested, none of them in the entire cabinet um, are valid. It's a pattern of conduct, Sean. It's statistically impossible for all of them to be defective, and yet it is so. Every act they did, according to this statute, every act that they did is void ab initio. That means it didn't happen.